0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
1: for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam.
0: Hey Renee.
1: Hey Miss Tam.
0: What's up with you Renee?
1: Well, it's another wonderful uh weekend of NASCAR in the books and another weekend of festivities for me in the books.
0: <laughs> yes. One of our friends, Cliff, who also has his own podcast, he shouted you out on Twitter and was like, Where's Renee with the poll? And I was like, Oh my god, hashtag Where is Renee?
1: <laughs> I know, right? It's it's become it's become a hashtag, so <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the story of my life, Tam, but it seems like uh, every weekend I'm either somewhere or uh, something interesting going on. It's very rare that there's nothing going on, which is absolutely just amazing if I don't have anything going on. But this weekend I was in San Diego and uh, I had a a buddy's wedding that I went to with a lady friend of mine. And for the most part, it was overcast, but the sun peaked out right at the end where it was like sitting right over the, the ocean. And it turned out to be one of the most beautiful sunsets I've I've seen in a very long time. So as much as it kind of uh, dampened the the actual wedding for most of the day, that sunset was absolutely beautiful.
0: Wow. It has been very gray and ugly in the state of California. But I want to get back to some sunshine. That is how you just kind of slipped in a lady friend of mine. There's a history with Renee and his lady friends. It all started, I guess, probably about three or four years ago when we were doing another NASCAR podcast that wasn't ours. Well, Renee was a co-host on that podcast. I would just go on and talk. And one of the topics all the time on the podcast was Renee and his lady friend. At the time, he was dating... She was a lady friend who was crazy. I'm just gonna put it out there. Can I is it okay if I just say it like that?
1: That is more than enough fight, yes. Cause I agree now.
0: Okay, so for Renee to slip in and drop in, he has a lady friend on the podcast. I'm like, hmm, should we yeah. get a little deeper into the conversation? We already have the hashtag where is Renee. Should we start every week? What's up with Renee's lady friend?
1: Well, this is just one lady friend. I actually have several lady friends, but we're just Oh
0: wait, don't that. say that on the podcast. <laughs> Somebody may be listening.
1: Yeah, I know, right? But uh, and not in any terms of making me look bad or anything, but this really was just a friend of mine that happens to be a female. And what's funny is we were talking about it there at the wedding because somebody had asked if we were dating and we said no. And they were like, oh, you guys look like a great couple. (laughs) We're like, no. But surprisingly, Tam, this is our fourth wedding in just a little over a year's time together that me and this uh, lady friend of mine have gone to weddings. And it's interesting, but no, we are not dating and uh, we're just uh, literally good friends. She is a very gorgeous woman. And if you don't think that I would date her, I would in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm not going to ask what's stopping you because I have a similar situation. We don't go to weddings because I think that's a little bit too much. Me and my friend Sherman, we hang out a lot. Like, we've been all over the world together. Like, literally, we've been to Athens, Santorini, Mykonos. So from Athens to Greece, and we've been to oh, we've been to Spain together. We were in Barcelona, Madrid. Wait a minute, wait—you
1: just said weddings are too much, but yet you're gonna go on crazy trips like that together?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing, and we're gonna get into some NASCAR talk. But you guys know this is just how we do every week. So here's what's interesting about it is that example when we did our Athens, Greece trip, he got an Airbnb. I stayed upstairs. I had my own, I actually had my own floor. So I had my own floor, own bathroom, everything upstairs. And then he stayed downstairs in another room. We left Athens and went over to Santorini, well, Mykonos first. And in Mykonos, we got a gigantic suite and I slept on the couch, and he slept in the bedroom. And then when we got to Santorini, we had a somewhat of a suite, but it was a more like a two bedroom. But it was huge. He slept in one bed, I slept in the other. I mean, and it's typically like that. I mean, and when we went to Berlin, I got a hotel; he stayed in Airbnb. Similar situation when we did Spain, from Madrid to Barcelona to Ibiza. In Ibiza, I slept on the couch. And he slept in the bedroom. We obviously had a suite. And in Madrid, we stayed in two different sides of Madrid. He stayed on one part of town and I stayed on the other. We just met up every day. It works. Hey. In fact, he was who I, since you weren't available last week or week before last, I took him with me to the Triple G fight. It just works. People always say, why don't you guys date? I'm like, no, we're just friends. (laughs) Leave it at that. Okay. That is the story of my friendship with my good friend, Sherman. And that is the story of Renee and his lady friend. Yes. Stay tuned because I'm going to ask him about his lady friend in another podcast and see where they're at. (laughs) It's the summer, so it's the time for weddings. Let's see if they can make it it five weddings in a row. I'm great at this transition. Speaking of five weddings in a row. Kevin Harvick, coming off of five wins in a row, won the All Star race. And if you remember, your girl Tam said he was going to win. Who did you pick, Renee?
1: I said that I didn't think it was going to be a surprise if he won it again. But I think I believe I did pick Harvick to win again because he's just on fire. And I believe that I said that my alternative pick was the only other guy that I thought was racing just as good and on that level as Kevin Harvick was Kyle Busch. And unfortunately, Kyle didn't finish the race because of the wreck, but I did pick Harvard to win. (laughs) Not that it was a far stretch, but this guy is in another galaxy. His cars, whoever's putting that together, Tim, is doing one heck of a job.
0: A heck of a job is an understatement it was pretty intense. It was a great race. There was so much conversation about the rule package and the changes. And we'll jump into that because that is the number one topic. I almost said to myself, or I did say to myself, way to go NASCAR. Like we always say NASCAR is a soap opera. Last week, week before last, everything was about the France family selling NASCAR. Nobody's even talking about that now because now we're talking about this rule package. But before we even jump into that, I'm not going to give you guys the top 10 from the all-star race because there were only 21 cars. So I don't really feel that giving you half of the field is (laughs) necessary. But what I will do is give you the top five. So the top five from the all-star race included Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, Joy Logano, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott in that order. What you guys know already is that Daniel Suarez, as well as AJ Allmendinger, and who was our third person to race in the All-Star Open that won a stage and was able to transfer in? Oh, uh... How could I forget? It wasn't Chase Elliott, because what we do know is Chase Elliott got the fan vote.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Our third stage winner was and how can I forget because he was the first person to win the stage was Alex Bowman. So stage one of the All-Star Open went to Alex Bowman. Stage two, Daniel Suarez. And stage three, AJ Armadinger. And as I mentioned, Chase Elliott won the fan vote. Ironically, I was really hoping that Bubba Wallace won one of those stages because I knew Chase Elliott was going to get the fan vote. Although I thought for a hot second, I said, well, you know what? Bubba Wallace is pretty popular now. Maybe he can get the fan vote. But that all went out the window because clearly for the third consecutive year in a row, Chase Elliott came out on top when it came to the fan vote. Right. That is your top five for the all-star race and the three or, well, four people who transferred in to the race which made up a field of twenty one drivers. Let's jump into the race. We can talk about the accident. We can talk about Kyle Larson and Joy Logano. Actually let's start with that because yeah, depending on who that. you asked and how you viewed it, Logano really did take out Larson. Let's just be real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, he
0: bumped off the wall and then he bumped into Larson. There was much debate about that. I feel like Joey Logano did it with a smile on his face. We just didn't see it. What you think, Renee?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with that too as well, because I think it was just one of those things where you go, you know, we haven't heard much from Logano for whatever reason. He's just kind of been in a a little bit of a slump. But now that he's getting back in, uh, he won that race a couple of weeks ago, and then he's kind of getting back into the mix of things. This is just old school Joey Logano just being Joey. And when you ask him after the race is over, He's going to give you his BS of excuse of whatever it is. And then you'll see the little smirk on his face. That's exactly what I thought would happen here.
0: You know who Joy Logano reminds me of? And for our listeners, you may or may not understand this, but remember Steve Urkel? Did I do that? I always yeah. feel like that's Joy Logano. <laughs> Did I do that? With that little smirk on his face then I do that you did that he I don't care (laughs) I think that he he knows he did that yeah I think that he did now the accident there was an eight car accident which took out well it didn't take out all eight drivers luckily it only took out two drivers but unfortunately other drivers that were included in that eight-car wreck ended up having damage. It was kind of crazy because I didn't really understand what happened to Martin Truex Jr., but Martin Truex Jr. just, I don't want to say got sideways. Well, I guess it was sideways because...
1: Well, yeah, because it looked like the 17 might have gotten a little bit into him. And from what I saw, and I kept trying to look at look it over and over again, and even on the, the highlights online, I kept looking at it. First of all, when you start having three separate rows of three wide, and then at some point trying to go four wide, something's bound to happen and something's bound to give. And what it looked like is like the 17 got into the 78, and then that's when everything, that's when all hell just broke loose there.
0: Yeah, well, I think I said two, but it was actually four drivers that was eliminated or that was pretty much taken out in that accident, which was Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, Clint Boyer, and Kurt Busch. And then the accident also collected Stenhouse Jr., Austin Dillon, Matt Kensett, our pole sitter. Oh my God, I want to talk about Matt. And Kyle Bush. They were able to keep going, but it was a wrap for Martin, Brad, Clint, and Kurt. And yeah. going back to what you were alluding to, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the number 17 as in Stenhouse somewhat touched him or... Was it the air got sucked off? But yeah, he just got turned around and then it was over.
1: Yep. And over with very quickly for them, unfortunately. It seemed like at that moment, like you could feel the tension in the race at that point because you could tell these, these guys were, they were going at it. It's something which I like to see. And I know a lot of the fans like to see, you know, you want to see some grinding, you want to see some bumping, you want to see some shoving. You don't necessarily want to see a wreck. But in, unfortunately, in, in that particular moment, yeah, for four guys, it, it was not, not good.
0: Not good at all. And it was not good at all for my quiet assassin, Matt Kensett.
1: I know. And he won the poll. Wow.
0: I don't know what happened. It was like one moment he was in. Well, first of all, I don't even remember. Did he lead a lap? Like it just happened so quick. I was like, he was in first (laughs) and then he was in 19th. And it was so wild because Renee, I literally was like, where's Matt Kenseth? And then I was trying to figure it out because I did not see his name. You know why? Because I didn't look at the bottom. I was only looking at the top because That's where I thought he was. Yeah, right. I'm like, how did he get to the back? (laughs) And then not only did he get to the back, he stayed in the back. If I'm not mistaken, he finished the race either 14th or 15th, but that was only because the other drivers were taking out the race.
1: Yeah, exactly. It
0: was wild to (laughs) me. Very, very wild. I don't know, but I will tell you this, it can't continue like this because no driver of Matt Kenseth's caliber... Wants to be in a situation like that where right. the equipment is not up to par. We can look at Casey Kane's situation. K- Casey Kane left Hendrick to go run the 95 in equipment that's beyond subpar. Yeah, He somewhat has an excuse, but you don't expect Rouse equipment to be that lackluster.
1: Right, I know.
0: Hey, I guess welcome to... Not being on the top, I don't. I I don't want to say he's on the bottom,
1: but yeah, and it's like one of those welcome back to NASCAR kind of things, you know.
0: I guess we should jump into this All Star package since the All Star package is all that anybody can talk about immediately after the race. I don't know if you got an opportunity to watch it, but Jeff Gluck went live on Periscope because he is not in Charlotte or was not in Charlotte for the race. So he did his podcast live on Periscope and he had tweeted a little bit prior to doing his podcast. He wasn't really he had mixed feelings. I'm just gonna sum it up. Like he he didn't really like the package, but he was captivated by the race. He so much so he said that he was barely on Twitter during the race because he was so in awe with the race. And I feel like a lot of us was but Going into it, whether it was the big, gigantic, you know, well, the spoiler, what else was on the card that changed? You had the spoiler, you had the restrictor plate. Restrictor
1: plate, yeah.
0: I feel like I'm missing two other things. Oh, yeah, the arrow duck package. You had a lot going on. Personally, we've talked about this on the podcast, you know, and I've said this and I'm not retracting that I, I like restrictor plate racing. I like restrictor plate racing, but I think for me more so is that I like the super speedways. I like when we race at Talladega and I like when we race at Daytona. I mm-hmm. never want to see the speeds reduced, but I understand for safety at those particular tracks, they need to be reduced. So I get it. But for yeah. Charlotte, the average speed, and this has been debatable because the unofficial results say that the average speed of the race was like 90 miles an hour, but something else says that it's 127. Either way, these guys were running laps of 100 miles per hour at Charlotte at an intermediate track, at a 1.5 mile track, where you can really somewhat get into it right? because you have longer straightaways. I personally thought the racing was okay, but I did not, I felt like Larson said that they were going slow. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, because I think when they're used to, to like not having their, the speed reduced like that, it's just, I can imagine how weird it feels. Cause then you feel like, man, why do I feel like I'm going 60 miles an hour here? You know, You know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's a, there's like a speed limit almost. It feels weird. It's like driving on the highway and the, the speed limit is 85. And then all of a sudden you come into a town and it says reduce speed ahead to 50. You're like, whoa, then I might as well just come to a complete stop. So I can kind of understand why why Larson said that because it probably feels really weird to them having to not go as fast.
0: Well, speaking of speed limit, the one thing too that was a part of the rules package for the All Star Race was that there was no speed limit on pit row during qualifying, and we saw some wild stuff happen. In fact, speaking of Larson. He overshot his pit box like three stalls because he was going so fast coming down pit roll. Like, I think he was doing 150 <laughs> plus miles an hour. <laughs> he, he, and he I was reverse. there for it. But I will say, I don't know if you remember that podcast where we were talking about why were there pit roll speed limits. Now we know why, because it was out exactly. of control. It was a couple of drivers that, boy, they was just going too fast but larson sticks out because he overshot he was going so fast he overshot his pit stall three three pit stalls that's crazy that's quite a a bit you know yeah (laughs) i mean what else happened with the rules package oh my god like i just wrote an article about it which is crazy and i i can't think i guess because we have so much to talk about i'm like okay on to the next stuff but i feel like what why can i think about the rule package But yeah, you guys get it. So it was the spoiler. There was the restrictor place. There was no pit road speed limit during qualifying. There, oh, there were no mandatory pit stops during the race. And then there were, oh, the laps under green. Ah, Yeah. So I think I pretty much summed up the package. There was a lot of backlash. Like people enjoyed the racing, but I don't, it was just wild that it was so much backlash because people were like, they need to see this particular package run on another 1.5 mile track to see if it really was that effective. Because some fans pointed out, and Steve O'Donnell, he actually did a pretty lengthy press conference after the race talking about the package. But as some people pointed out, they felt that the package wasn't really designed for passing who knows we'll see how it unfolds i think nascar will definitely run this package again when and where what track is yet to be revealed but you can stand by and almost guarantee that nascar will run this package again at another track
1: yeah i was listening to um Couple of the the head honchos there that were pretty much saying that they were they were happy with it and uh, they were glad that most of the drivers were uh, on board with it. They said that there were a few that were willing to do it and there may be a very few that just were co- completely opposed to it. Because of most of the drivers were you know were down from the get go, they're definitely gonna you're, you're definitely gonna see that again. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I know. Marcus Smith has something to say. Steve has something to say. I mean, we'll see how it plays. I know Brad Keselowski made a, as we would say, a side eye comment, like to the effect of, "Yeah, when we get back to real racing or something to that." Like, I don't want to quote him; I'm just paraphrasing, but it was something along that lines, like, "Yeah, whatever, let's get back to some real racing." Right. <laughs> we'll see. There was a lot of reaction to that new package, and like I said, you can probably almost guarantee that it will be run. Again, but when, where, and what track, we don't know. And on that note, speaking of miles and speed, I just want to kind of put this in the air because we're getting ready for the greatest day in racing. And if you guys don't know what the greatest day... Well, first of all, I'm not even going to go there because if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to us give you our rendition of how we see NASCAR, we know that you're into motorsports. The greatest day of racing which is going to be next Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. We'll kick off with the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix. I will be up bright and early in the morning since once again this year, nobody blessed me with tickets to the race and a plane ticket to Monaco's to go sit in the paddock in the Ferrari box look yeah so I will be getting up bright and early to see the Monaco Grand Prix followed by the Indy 500 last year if you guys recall I was in Indianapolis I will not be there this year I am still debating if I'm going to be in Charlotte for the Coca-Cola 600 but as it is now I probably will not be and you no, know, neither one of us have been to a race in over a month, but it's all good because usually, to be honest, it's not officially summer, but in the summer, I don't really go to that many races. I usually hit the NASCAR circuit hard at the beginning of the season, and I hit it even harder at the end of the season. It's just that to me, summers are made for Europe, and I am plotting my escape to Europe as we speak, and I do plan on being someplace. In Europe, whether it's Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Ibiza, I don't know. I'll probably go to London, some other places in July, August. So, on that note, before I went on one of my famous Tam rants, we should just call it hashtag Tam rant. So, we have hashtag where's Renee and we'll call it hashtag Tam's rant. Well, I do have my official hashtag. If you guys, in fact, we haven't shouted out our social media in a while, make sure to follow Renee across the board on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter at it's Renee Garcia. And you can check me out at I am sincerely Tam across the boards on Instagram and the Twitter. So I have three official hashtags. One of them is hashtag where is Tam. The other one is hashtag Tam's world. And then I have my famous hashtag Tam's note so just google it you'll find it I'm sure okay going back to what I was saying so the greatest day of racing how I got on the whole topic was I wanted to talk about Ed Carpenter how he ran a 230 miles per hour lap during qualifying for the Indy 500 and he will be on the pole. As a NASCAR fan and somebody who follows IndyCar and Formula One, I was saying to myself, damn, when I saw him run that lap because he was speeding. Well, he wasn't speeding, speeding, but you know what I'm saying.
1: But he was flying. I don't think speeding. I think he was flying.
0: He was flying. (laughs) Yeah. And Danica... It's her last ride at the Indianapolis 500. She qualified and not only did she qualify, she actually was a part of the fast 9 which was the top 9 drivers and wow. she is going well, to k- be starting from to the her. third row.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was to a, her.
0: There was a lot of talk because Pippa Mann didn't make the Indy 500 which is crazy and Danica did. And again, cuz the comment was going back and forth on Twitter, there's no comparison. In regards of skills, it's just kind of wild that Danica actually hasn't raced in IndyCar in five years or so. And then she comes back and she's in, whereas Pippa, who races pretty consistently, or she has every year in IndyCar, and she won't be racing in the Indy 500, which is the biggest race for the IndyCar series. And I think, will that be the last time ever on this podcast that we talk about Danica?
1: Probably not. (laughs) I can almost guarantee not.
0: Well, speaking of the greatest day of racing, we haven't had a driver do the double duty in a while.
1: Yeah, the last person to do it was Kurt Busch back in 2014. So I thought there for a moment last year that like maybe uh, Larson or um, Elliott might try to do it. Oh, Elliott, no,
0: I think Blaney.
1: Yeah. Right. You think
0: if it's ever to be done again for a, a full time NASCAR driver it's going to be either Kyle Larson or Ryan Blaney to do it.
1: I'm definitely saying that it it would have to be one of the younger drivers because I don't see some of the uh the uh, older veterans probably wanting to do that. The, the young guys seem like they have a lot more energy to do that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> well, Tony, when he did it. Was he a young man? Tony just turned 47. Shout out to Smoke. He turned yeah. 47. Tony did it in 99 and 2001, I believe. And like yeah. you said, Kurt Bush did it in 2014.
1: Well, yeah. So if you think about it, he's 47. And back in, gosh, in 99. Oh, yeah. He
0: 2001. Was- so if he's 47 now and he did it in 2001, he was still 36 when he did it. Gosh, man. So is Smoke that considered is- an old man or a young man? I- We're older, so we consider it young.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? But for
0: somebody in their 20s, they're like, he was an old man.
1: Depends on who you're asking. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, Tony Stewart was the most successful at it. I think it was the second time he did it where he came in the top 10 in in both races, if I'm not mistaken. I think he placed fifth in one and third in the other or something like that. I can't remember, but I know it was. They were both top 10.
0: Yeah. In 2001, he placed sixth in in the Indy 500, and he placed third in the
1: Coca-Cola
0: 600. Right. And then when he did it in 1999, he placed ninth in the Indy 500 and fourth in the Coca-Cola 600. It's wild when you think about it because you're at Indianapolis running- What almost 200 laps, 200 laps to be exact. And then you jump on a private plane and then you fly from Indianapolis to North Carolina and then you go run 400 laps on a 1.5 mile track.
1: That's insane. That's insane because
0: as you guys already know, I don't even like to drive to Vegas. That's probably why I drive so fast (laughs) when I drive to Vegas because (laughs) I don't want to be in the car. And I've yet to ever drive to the Bay, which is crazy. Like, I don't understand why people drive from LA to San Francisco because that's six hours.
1: Yeah, I've done that before.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm it, not about It's a beautiful
1: time. drive, I'll be honest with you, when you go through that grapevine. But after that, it's just grueling because then you're like, well, it's You're not, like, why it, the, it, hell, the hell did so I pretty. do this? Yes, exactly. That, that's for sure. And uh, and the same thing kind of for Vegas. There is just one stretch of Vegas where you're just like, oh, God, this is the part that I hate because there's just nothing here. Yeah. And you're like, welcome to the desert.
0: <laughs> As you guys know, earlier this year, I drove up to the race and then drove home in the same day. It took me two hours and 55 minutes to get there and three hours and 15 minutes to get home, which is pretty unheard of because... I live near LAX, and most people would take them four and a half hours to get from to Vegas. I just don't have time to be on the highway. I'm sorry. I'm not a person who... Like, it's the weirdest thing with me. Like, I enjoy driving fast. I don't enjoy driving long distance. I yeah, enjoy driving tough. very quick to my destination. But I also think, too... Not to go into one of my hashtag Tams rant, but the dynamics of driving in Los Angeles is way different than maybe if you live in Charlotte or this is real city driving. Like New York City, LA is like, people think they city got traffic. They have no idea because this is a city that not only has traffic, but you have so many transplants here from all over the world. So you got people that are from Mexico that drive totally different in Mexico than they drive here. You got people who are from China who drive totally different in China than they do here and so on and so on. And not to just be international, but the way you drive in Texas is not the way you're going to drive in Los Angeles. Because in Texas, I think the minimum speed limit is like 70 on the highway or something like that. I don't know. Is it what's like you guys have like a very high minimum speed limit?
1: It's weird. I haven't driven in Texas in a while, but uh, yeah, from what I remember, yeah, that
0: sounds about right. (laughs) That is the double, as they would say, the double duty. Okay. Oh, I do want to go back to the all star race. You want to know why, Renee? Okay. Why is that? Because the driver's intro music was jamming, slamming, coming at you. I was like, wait, is that Snoop Dogg? Is that Usher? Is that Lil John? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
1: I know it was. It was definitely was different. Yeah, it definitely was different than what I was expecting. It was nice, and then I, I, I believe it was Austin Dillon came out with a couple of the uh, Carolina Panthers on stage. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> the music was lit, and it pissed a lot of people off, but it made somebody happy, as in me. And I'm gonna tell you why it made me happy. Because it finally shows some damn diversity. Like, here's my thing is that I don't expect them to play that music all the time. Because I know that it's not the core fan base. But this goes back to what we talked about. If you're trying to attract new fans, keep up with the times. Not everybody listens to country music. So give us some diversity every once in a while. Give us some variation. I almost hit the floor when I heard Cardi B. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I, was like, Cardi yeah, I don't B. own any of Cardi B's music because we've discussed this before. I really enjoy house music and I like funk music and I can listen to anything, but me and Renee, I'm speaking for Renee, we, we like our EDM.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: Love our EDM. But yep. to hear Cardi B, I was like, okay, oh, you know, I was I know. rocking. I was definitely rocking was the entire driver's intro. I was like, hey, ow. Oh. <laughs> It was fitting too because NASCAR actually announced their largest diversity class ever. So I want to give a shout out to Erica over at NASCAR. She is spearheading that whole her job is to reach out to the youth and she's doing a most excellent job. So although what was it episode 80 we went on our rant about NASCAR, I still feel that way I actually Believe it or not, I listened to that entire podcast today for whatever reason. And I feel still feel the same way I felt when we talked on that podcast. But I did, even though it was a minor, I did see, okay, there's an effort being made. And shout out to our boy Kenny, front row Kenny on Twitter and Instagram, I think is I think uh, I he guess. has an Instagram. But front row Kenny is also back in the internship program at NASCAR. And he will be starting his internship at Talladega. So shout out to him. And he's actually a part of this diversity class. And like I said, it's one of the largest diversity class ever for NASCAR. They have like 30 something interns that are going to be interning all throughout NASCAR, whether they're at the track level, they're at the team level, they're kind of sprinkled throughout NASCAR, so that's actually great to see. And again, yeah. shout out to Erica. Erica's Renee's girl too. Yeah, we hung out with Erica in uh, Daytona. <laughs> we like Erica. She's cool.
1: And what a just a fantastic person she is, and just an all around good, just soul to be around. She is just one of those people that um, uh, you get around, and it just seems like your day just automatically gets better. So. Kudos to her and uh, Front Row Kenny. It's good to hear that he's back uh, doing internship with them.
0: Yes, indeed. What else we have to talk about? Not that we have to, but what else do we need to talk about? So we talked about the NASCAR Diversity Internship Class of 2018. We talked about the all-star music being lit. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yep. I
1: think we talked about everything we were were supposed to. (laughs) Oh. I think I think it's down for uh, your fan comment of the week, I believe.
0: Should we even do a fan comment of the week? We
1: don't have to. We can go straight into my personal favorite. We can go straight into the predictions if you like.
0: Okay, so we won't do a fan comment of the week because we're going to take this moment to shout out our Twitter chat every week. How about that? If you don't know, we are on the Twitter. We do a Twitter chat. We haven't done it in two weeks for various circumstances. But we will be back, and we're actually doing an all-star Twitter chat on Monday. Hopefully, you guys will hear this podcast before the Twitter chat. But if you don't, still jump on Twitter. You can follow the hashtag, hashtag NASCAR talk to catch up on our questions and answers from you guys, the fans, our friends. And that will be Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is correct. Like Renee said, it is his favorite time of the show. It is time for some predictions. (laughs) Wow. Hey, hey, hey. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions.
1: It is the Coca-Cola 600. Tam, I am not going to pick Kevin Harvick, only for the simple fact that I don't want Kevin Harvick to win. And I know this has definitely become a game to him, as he mentioned last week. And it's scary to say that because it tells you how confident he feels, how confident that whole team is, how confident they are with the cars that they're putting on the track. It's amazing how, how well he's he's been driving. Kyle Busch is the only other guy that is maybe somewhere near his universe, but even Kyle still has some catching up to do. So I'm not going to go with either Kyle Busch nor Kevin Harvick. But I am going to go with a Kyle. It's going to be Kyle Larson. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson in the Coca-Cola 600. And if I have an alternative pick, it will be Kyle Busch. So I'm rooting for Kyle Larson. But if anything else, I will pick an alternative pick. And it might be Kyle Busch. I don't want Kevin Harvick to win. (laughs) And that's just my picks. And I'm sticking to them.
0: Renee's picks that he's sticking to, but that I think he's going to regret. It's ironic because remember, we had this whole conversation about people start to hate a winner. And I'm feeling as if you're starting to hate on Kevin Harvick. It's not his <laughs> fault that he's winning. <laughs> I Don't know. It's not player. his fault. hate the the game. No matter uh, what rule right. package y'all put in front of him, he still won. Do not yep, be mad right. at Kevin Harvick. Hate the game. You're right. But this goes but back to what we I'm still not picking Kevin Harvick. The backlash is just like what happened with. Martin Truex Jr., when he won last year, everybody was Martin Truex. And soon boy, y'all started hating. And I, I'm sniffing a little hate from Renee. <laughs> you guys know the drill. I give you the past 10 winners every week at the track that we're at. And because Renee failed to inform you, we're doing the Coca-Cola 600 and we're staying at Charlotte Motor Speedway one more week at NASCAR's home track. Past 10 winners, 2008, Casey Kane, 2009, David Rootman. Never said that name on the podcast before. 2010, Kurt Busch, 2011, Kevin Harvick, 2012, Casey Kane, 2013, Kevin Harvick, 2014, Jimmy Johnson, 2015, Carl Edwards, 2016, Martin Truex Jr. In 2017, that was Austin Dillon's first cup win. Wow, I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: On that note, our notables, Kevin Harvick, who has now become hated because he's a winner, is a two-time winner at Charlotte for the Coca-Cola 600. KC Kane, believe it or not, has won the Coca-Cola 600 three times. And your boy Jimmy Johnson has only won the 600 four times. Wow. Only four times. On that note, it's crazy Casey King's won that race three times. Sometimes when we do this history lesson and I play it back and I'm like, wow, I just said Casey King's name because he's not synonymous with winning. Not now. Hasn't been in a while. Back in the day, he used to be, but that was a long time ago. Because you guys want to know who I got? I'm not going to go with Kyle Larson. I don't feel like Kyle Larson has it in him. Win the six hundred. That's four hundred laps. Okay, well
1: here we go. Drum roll, please.
0: He's liable to make some kind of error. He's still young. He can race, but the six hundred—that's a lot for him. I don't even know. This one's a tough one, and I'm not going with Jimmy Johnson because even though Jimmy was—he didn't do too bad in the All Star race, but you know that's a whole different bag of beans. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to go with Kevin Harvick just to spite you.
1: Well, you know what? I feel like Kevin Harvick, you have to go with him, even though I didn't want to go with him. And you're right. Maybe there was a little bit of hate maybe coming from my side, but it's hard not to go with him because it just seems like unless somebody beats him, then you have to assume that he's going to win every freaking race.
0: I'm not assuming. I'm going with Kevin Harvick (laughs) for the win and my alternative pick, Will be, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. My alternative pick is Kevin Harvick. <laughs>
1: there you go. Kevin Harvick to win and Kevin Harvick to win Uh, the alternative pick. <laughs> Sounds like a win-win situation for you, Tim.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, those are Tam's picks. Those are my picks. And whether or not you are starting to hate Kevin Harvick for winning so much, we'd love to hear who you think is going to win. And It's okay if you say Kevin Harvick. It's okay if you don't say Kevin Harvick, but always remember that we always love to hear you guys, and please hit us up whenever you can, and go to our social media as well. I do want to do something real quick before I sign out, Uh, Tam. I just want to give a shout out to all my friends that put together the first annual North Hollywood Comedy Festival this past week. It was a absolutely success. And I was glad to be a part of it. I was glad that they had me on it, which was another reason why I didn't get to go to EDC this year, is because I was doing and helping out with the North Hollywood Comedy Festival. I just want to give a shout out to those guys real quick. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to uh, search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone, or Google Play if you are on an Android. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way, you never miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have friends that love NASCAR, make sure to turn them on to All Turns No Breaks. Tell at least two friends to subscribe to All Turns No Breaks, please. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure to follow us across the board, at Turns No Breaks. If you want NASCAR news directly in your email inbox, head over to our website, allturnsnobrakes.com, and sign up for our newsletter. For Tam and myself... Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR each and every week with you guys.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.